I believe there are a lot of technical experts who go and give presentations who don't realize how much better they could be. They don't realize that they could do a better job because they're doing as good a job as they've seen other speakers do. I'm David Otey, and this is The Power of Story and Science, a mix of content and conversations on how to bring your science to life through powerful presentations. In this content episode, I discuss the reluctance of some technical experts to put effort into learning how to be better presenters. Why bother raising the bar for what a presentation could be when everyone else seems satisfied with the status quo? There are at least four reasons for working toward a higher standard in scientific and other information-rich presentations. What will be your reason? And welcome to another episode of The Power of Story and Science. I'm your host, David Oti. And as you may have heard me say, on this show, we have a mix of content and conversations. I've had some fascinating conversations recently with some scientists whom I've learned a lot from. And today, we're going to have a content episode. I do not have a guest uh, being interviewed for this podcast episode. Rather, I've got some conversations I've had recently that have been running around in my mind, and I decided that uh, rather than try to capture those individuals and get them on the program, I'd try to capture my thoughts and see what it is that's going to be beneficial for you, my listening and viewing audience, those fans of the power of story and science. By the way, thank you for recently uh, helping me pass the 1,000 download mark on Podbean. I do hope that if this is something that you, uh, if this is content that you take in regularly, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to have any comments that you might leave on the program. Or, of course, you can always reach out to me directly. One way to do that is to go to the homepage of this program, which you can get to by simply typing into your search bar or your browser window, storyandscience.com. Storyandscience.com will take you to the home page of this program, which is a page on my own website, davidodi.com, where if you browse that, you will certainly find buttons that say schedule consultation, which is an easy way to get on my calendar for a 15-minute Zoom call. Why would you want to do that? Well, after you hear what I have to say today, you might. So we'll bring that information back later. I was talking recently with Craig Ballantyne, who has been on this show before. He is uh, a mentor of mine in the speaking business. He's well-known among a lot of speakers. He was the world champion of public speaking at one time and has had a successful career as a speaker and speaking coach. Now, he doesn't have a technical background, as I have. Um, as, as you may have heard me say in other programs, I was in broadcast engineering for about 25 years. I have a degree in physics, although a bachelor's degree. I do not claim to be a practicing scientist. I do not have a PhD. That's why in my signature I always put David P. Odie, M.A., M.B.A. And it's not because I, well, yes, I am proud of those degrees, but it's because I deal with a lot of people who are PhDs. And I just want to be clear that I respect that title and do not claim it. I am not a scientist, but I spend a lot of time around scientists. 
I do that because occasionally I get emails that are addressed to Dr. Odie. <laughs> but to get back to Craig Valentine, he's been on this show before. And uh, if you have not heard that episode, I encourage you to browse through the episodes when you go to storyandscience.com and find the episode with Craig Valentine because it was a fascinating and, and pleasant conversation. I always enjoy talking with Craig. But when I was talking with him recently, we were having a discussion about you, my target audience, people who I believe would like to improve the skill with which you deliver your technical information to audiences, both technical and non-technical. That is, if you are a scientist, an engineer, a project manager, an IT specialist, anyone who works in a largely quantitative or analytical field, perhaps a medical field, and you are called upon to give presentations, whether to colleagues, to peers outside your own uh, organization, other, other scientists, engineers, etc., or to members of the public. There's always something writing on those presentations. Now, I like to help people give better presentations. That's what I do. That's one reason for this podcast. It's a reason I have pursued training in coaching of, of speakers, which is something I've uh, turned to Craig Valentine for. It is why I enjoy something that uh, is coming up that I, I will be presenting to a, uh, a scientific association. I recorded a video program for them recently and will be also appearing live at their annual meeting. That's the American Association of Pharmaceutical Scientists. Some of their members have been guests on this podcast. It's why I do what I do, because I believe that there is a need for people to give technical presentations to be able to tell the story of their work so that they engage with their audiences and actual information transfer can take place. So the conversation that Craig Valentine and I were having centered on this question. How many people who give such presentations who could benefit from coaching or from an online course I've developed or from hearing me present actually know that they could be better. What's the, what's the pain point? What is wrong with continuing to give presentations the way you've been giving them? The way other scientists or engineers or other technical professionals that you know have been giving uh, presentations. You see, I think the bar is set a little low, quite honestly. I believe there are a lot of technical experts out there, and I'll just use that as the umbrella term for the group of people I'm talking about. I believe there are a lot of technical experts who go and give presentations who don't realize how much better they could be on the stage, on the platform, in the front of the room, or even on Zoom. They don't realize that they could do a better job because they're doing as good a job as they've seen other speakers do. In other words, the bar has not been placed very high for them, to go back to that analogy, so why make the effort to go higher? This episode is my attempt to answer that question. Why make the effort? So what I'll be doing is addressing results. What are the results that you are currently not getting 
from your technical presentations that you could be getting. And when you stop and think about what results you could be getting if you gave better presentations, then I think you might understand why I reach out to you and other members of this audience with the options that I do for ways of getting better, whether, you, whether they're ideas you pick up from this podcast or other ways of engaging with me. What is at stake? What is at stake when a technical expert gives a presentation without the coaching, without the learning, experiential or otherwise, that could help them give a much better presentation. And what do we mean by a better presentation anyway? Picture this. You are scheduled to give a presentation at a conference. We'll go back to the very first time I gave a presentation at a conference. I was an engineer at Austin's public television station. I believe this may have been shortly after I was promoted to chief engineer, although I could be wrong about that. Mm. Time has gone by. I submitted a paper to the committee that was selecting presentations for the Society of Broadcast Engineers National Engineering Convention, which was being held that year in Houston. If one of my SBE friends wants to figure out when we held that convention in Houston and let me know, that would be useful information. I prepared a paper that I'm proud of to this day that was on some very cutting-edge technology for that time in the, I believe, early 1990s, or late 1980s, early 1990s, that our audio engineers at KLRU had developed. This was before audio mixing consoles were all routinely computer-based and computerized in their, in their usage so that you could automate mix-down processes. If you don't know what the word mix-down means, don't worry about that. Just go with me. It was automating a step in the process of going from a raw recording to a finished program, like Austin City Limits. These engineers in Austin had created a, an automated workflow by integrating their Mac computer with their Neve audio console. And it was very cutting edge. And I wrote a paper about this because they explained to me how it worked. And once I understood it, I said, oh, I've got to write this down so other people can learn from it. That was accepted by the society. And they invited me to come to Houston and present this. So far, so good, right? I'm excited. My audio engineers were excited that I was going to be touting their work. SBE was pleased to have content to deliver at this conference. And then I got there. And I didn't know anything about how to deliver a technical presentation well. I mean, I had some instincts. Yes, I've been through speech classes. I was a communications major before I went into broadcast engineering. I had an idea what I was doing. But no one had set the bar for me. No one had, and no one looked at my content and said, David, do you know how much better this would be if you did this, if you told the story of this work? No one coached me on it because I didn't turn to anyone for coaching. I summarized some points from the paper. I put some points up on the screen. 
using the projector, and I bored that audience, I'm sure. There were a few people who were probably quite interested in it, and others who were probably in the room marking time for until they could see some other presentation. The point is, I didn't know how bad I was. Or, to put it another way, I didn't know how much better I could be than I was in that moment. Now, 30 years later, when I give presentations, even if, well, in the case of virtual presentations, for example, I've had hundreds of people attend webinars. I have had, I've had people turned away from rooms that I was presenting in because they were getting too crowded with the standing room only crowd at another scientific conference. Two years in a row at that conference, I've had standing room only crowds. What made the difference between boring my audience to tears and having people wanted to come back and hear me speak again? It's what I've learned along the way. What have I learned? Mostly I've learned how much more my audience could expect from me than what I was giving them. So that's why today one of the things that I... <laughs> go on about, teach about, uh, exhort speakers about, is understanding the needs of your audience. Your information may be wonderful information. I had great information about that system for automating what those audio engineers were doing. And I thought I had the right audience for that information. But I was up there because of my need to present information. You see? And what I've learned since then is it's got to be about what the audience needs, not about what I need to do as a presenter. You've got to start with an understanding of what your audience needs from you. Your information goes nowhere if you don't meet the needs of your audience. Or <laughs> as my good friend who likes to wax poetic uh, said earlier to me today, he said, let me see if I can pull that up here real quick. You can't take the lead if you don't meet the need. <laughs> you can thank Craig Valentine for that. He's very good at making a, a poetic or rhythmic statement out of one of my points in my speeches. You can't take the lead if you don't meet the need. Well, what does it mean to take the lead? What results could you, as a technical expert, expect to gain from being able to give better presentations than you currently do? Here's a list. Here's things I believe you could expect to see happen if you decided to raise the bar. If you decided that what you have seen modeled for you so far in the way of technical presentations isn't good enough for you. You're going to aim higher. If you were to aim higher, here's what I believe you could expect. Number one, you'd be invited back to speak more often. And maybe you don't want that. But there would be more people wanting to hear from you, not just read about you or read from you something you've written like a paper in a journal, but to hear you explain in your own voice the story of your work and its benefit for humankind or whoever is benefiting from your work. 
you can be expected to be invited back to to spread your your word, the good news about your work to more people when people see that, oh, wow, this person is not just a great scientist, but she's also a great presenter. You should hear her talk. There are people I bet you can think of who have been outstanding technical experts who are noted today as much for their talks as for the work that they did. Um, Richard Feynman is one who comes to mind. He wrote his, his uh, one of his books that he wrote was uh, Surely You Jest, Dr. Feynman. <laughs> and he, he, because he was so gifted at telling stories about the nature of his work. He worked on the Manhattan Project and did uh, many other noteworthy, noteworthy things in the field of physics. You're, you're, this, is the, this brings me to the second thing you can expect. Your reputation will expand. You will become known as more of the go-to expert in your field when people understand, as a result of hearing you, more about what your field is about. So it's not just about being invited back to speak more often, because it may not be your objective to be a platform speaker. Maybe you want to continue being a scientist, an engineer, another technical professional. That's fine. But don't you want to increase your reputation in that field? Whether that's for purposes of getting a better job, getting recruited to go to a different institution, or whether it's for your personal satisfaction, whether it's to increase your value to your organization when it comes time for, oh, I don't know, a 10-year review, (laughs) wouldn't it be great to know that when you have an opportunity to get in front of an audience and they hear you speak, they not only become aware of your work, but because of your communication skills, you become more valuable. Your reputation expands. So that's another result you can expect. You get invited back to speak more. Your reputation expands. A third result you can expect is follow the money. I'm not saying that people will shower you with money when you go to speak. But let's consider some times when you might to consider where the money is going as a result of you speaking. Last year, I gave a presentation to a large webinar audience courtesy of the Alan Alda Association for Communicating Science. Excuse me, Alan Alda Center for Communicating Science at Stony Brook University in New York. As a result of speaking to that audience, I had an opportunity to coach a young man who is a scientist at a research, a cancer research institution uh, in Houston. And as a re- I, I can't claim that it was as a result of my coaching that he got his funding renewed, but when he spoke to me later, he said he was sure that the help that I gave him preparing his presentation to his committee was at least in part responsible for him getting his funding renewed. So if you work in a field where you depend on grant funding, 
Being able to communicate the value of your work is clearly essential for your success in getting that funding. If you are an engineer or project manager working for a company that sells your technical solutions to, oh, I don't know, construction problems or electrical engineering challenges or anything else of that nature where you are competing with other companies who could get that business. I guarantee you being able to give a better presentation that's more convincing to the prospect of your of the value you bring to meeting that need or servicing that contract that will get you more business. So the third benefit of being able to present well of raising the bar in your presentation skills is gaining funding or gaining business. <laughs> Maybe it's getting a raise. There can be tangible benefits that come from being able to set the bar higher when you give a presentation. And there's something else as well. There's a fourth reason, a fourth benefit to being able to give an outstanding presentation. And that is the societal benefit. What, what do I mean by societal benefit? When you are persuasive in presenting your findings, let's say, your research findings. You can influence the public conversation, in some cases about difficult to comprehend subjects like human-caused climate change or like the spread of a pandemic disease and the tools we have for stopping that spread. One need not look very far today to see evidence in the media and in conversations you have with people you know, evidence of skepticism of what scientists have to say. If you are a scientist, don't you want to be persuasive to the general public? So that's the societal benefit. People in general will benefit when they can understand your work better. So that's four things to keep in mind. Four benefits from that I can think of, and perhaps you can think of others. Four benefits of being able to raise the bar when it comes to the standard you strive for in giving a presentation about your work. You get invited back more often to speak. Your reputation expands. Money can flow where it needs to flow. And you can influence the public conversation about important topics. Now, against that is the status quo, right? Maybe you're thinking, my presentations are good enough. I've not heard anybody snoring from the back row in a while. Uh, I, people ask me questions, and, and I think they're getting my information. Well, let me ask you this. What are the pain points? And what is it that frustrates you about giving a presentation about your work? Is it that you don't get as many questions as you like? Is it that not as many people as you would like stick around to talk to you? Is it that you can't seem to perceive any impact that your information is having? That could be because 
You're presenting information that's not meeting the needs of your audience. So if you get frustrated and feel that there are things that ought to be happening as a result of you putting the effort into giving a presentation, and those things are not happening, or not happening often enough, or not happening to the degree that you would like, or maybe you think they're just not happening because you're presenting virtually instead of in person. And i got to tell you, that's an excuse, not a reason. If any of those things are true, then may I invite you to reach out to me? I would like to hear from you. Not because I'm trying to sell you anything, but because I'd like to know more about the needs that drive people, the needs that people recognize that drive them to want to present at a higher level. What is it that makes you want to set the bar higher than where it has been? Perhaps in your career you have seen someone give a technical presentation that you walked away from thinking, wow, I wish all the presentations were that interesting or that well-presented, or that well-paced. Well, that is a high bar, right? That's someone who set the bar high for you. I would encourage you to find a way to bring your work to that level as well. And if you like, that's something I'd be happy to talk to you about. So as I mentioned, you can go to the homepage for this program, by simply typing in storyandscience.com. And while you're there, look for that episode with Craig Valentine. I think you'll enjoy it. Also, while you're there, you can explore the rest of my website, find one of the buttons that says Schedule Consultation, and here's the conversation I'd like to have with you, with anyone who would like to schedule it. It'll be an automatically scheduled 15-minute Zoom call. Just grab a time on my calendar when you click that link that says Schedule Consultation. There is no obligation. There is no cost associated with doing that. Here's what you can expect. We'll talk about where that bar is for you. Where's the goal in terms of giving a better presentation? What does that mean for you? What could be the benefits for you? What could be the pitfalls of settling for the status quo, which is what I feel too many people in, the, in technical fields do these days? We can have that conversation. If you like, I can point you to some resources that can help you raise the bar on your presentations so that you get invited back, you expand your reputation, the money flows, and the conversations that the public is having around your topic area are better informed. The work that you do, the solutions you come up with, the knowledge that's gained by your research, these things can change the world, but only when the world knows about them. I'm David Odie. This is The Power of Story and Science. I hope you'll engage with me in conversation. Thank you for being part of the Story and Science community. This has been The Power of Story and Science. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend, leave us a review, or so that you don't miss anything, subscribe at Podbean or wherever you like to get your podcasts. This program is a production of Speaking of Solutions, LLC. Theme music by Kevin Lufkin. 
I'm David Odie. Thanks for listening. 